Welcome to CN Lee Talk Cold Cases. This podcast covers crimes that may be disturbing to some. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, welcome to the very first episode of CN Lee Talk Cold Cases. I'm Christina. And I'm Lindsay. We're two friends who connected back in the live journal days. And since we both have an obsession with true crime, we thought, why not make a podcast? So, my true crime obsession started when I was too young to be watching Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, it only grew from there. I binge-watched shows like Homicide Hunter. ID Discovery is honestly the best thing that ever happened to me. And yep. <laughs> podcasts like My Favorite Murder. So, actually, Lindsay recommended that podcast to me, what, like, earlier this year? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Only to discover I, I've already been a listener for a long time. Oops. So, uh, <laughs> Outside of all that, um, I have an obsession when it comes to cold cases. I hate not knowing the answers to things, and I spend plenty of time surfing the internet to find information on the cases that seem to be unsolvable. Yeah, and, and like you, Christina, I grew up on being freaked out by the soothing voice of Robert Stack talking about unsolved mysteries. My, <laughs> really, like, it's that voice. Right? <laughs> But my my true love of cold cases also grew when I was 16 years old and was able to go to London, England, and was able to do a Jack the Ripper tour. And ever since, I've been hooked. But I now binge watch ID Channel, best show ever, Law, Law and Crime, and the podcast, of course, that got a, me into the podcasts is my favorite murder. And, you know, the need to know never ends. And I just always have to know. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time um, since talking about, you know, those cases, and uh, we put together this podcast in hopes to bring attention to the cases that have kept us up at night. Literally, like, last night, Lindsay, I was up to, like, some ungodly hour reading the creepiest stories. Anyway, yep. <laughs> so each week we'll bring you either an American case or a Canadian case. We'll go over the facts and anything we have found while searching the internet. Links and credits will be found in the show notes. So, Christina, where are we heading this week? Okay, so this case has been with me a long time. So, like I said before, I grew up on Unsolved Mysteries. And recently I decided to watch a few episodes to see if there had been any updates on some cases. Unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be many leads when it comes to the case of Antoinette Caidito. And you have to excuse me, I'm horrible at pronouncing my own name. I've probably <laughs> screwed that up, and I apologize. But um, she well, is... Hopefully, if anyone, <laughs> you know, figures it out, can let us know the proper correction. Yeah. Um, I, I try. I've listened to, like, several different ways to pronounce it, and I probably still messed it up. Um, <laughs> but she was a young Navajo girl from New Mexico. A lot of my information on this case comes from Unsolved Mysteries and their website, which I was surprised to find a couple years ago is still up. Um, but I've also done a few deep dives on the internet, and I'll provide those links in the show notes as well with the information I found. So if you want to go through and see, there's a lot of theories in there. I don't want to just bring anything out that hasn't been confirmed. So yeah, it's up to you if you want to keep looking. Um, so, Antoinette was nine years old. She was living in Gallup, New Mexico with her mother and two sisters. She was the oldest. And on the map, it's a town, Gallup's a town that lies not far from the Navajo Reservation. So, as the story goes, um, on April 6, 1986, 
Antoinette's mother awoke to find that her daughter was not in the home. And after checking with the neighbor and confirming that no one had seen Antoinette, panic set in. Um, the search began, and authorities believed her to have been kidnapped. So Antoinette, yeah. So Antoinette's sister Wendy, um, I can't remember. I forgot if she was the youngest or the middle. But either way, they were the younger sisters were still very young because Antoinette was only nine. Um, but Wendy recalled a knock on the door about 3 a.m., and Antoinette was the one who answered, and the person identified themselves as Uncle Joe, and when the door opened, uh, two men grabbed Antoinette, and she, was al- she allegedly put up a fight, screaming, let me go, let me go, as she was put into a brown van. Um, Wendy didn't recognize the men who had taken her sister. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So there's a few things that stand out in this case to me. About a year after she disappeared, uh, the Gallup police station received a call for help. The little girl on the line claimed to be Antoinette, but before they could get any information on her whereabouts, the call was ended. And it was the 80s, so tracing a call is not as simple as it was today. No. But, um, yeah, afterwards, uh, an unidentified man's voice was heard shouting, like, who said you could use the phone before the line disconnected? Um, wow. Yeah, the mom actually said that that was her daughter's voice. Oh. But there was really no way to confirm it because it just, they weren't able to trace it and it was disconnected yeah. before she could say, you know, hey, here, here I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So another alleged sighting was reported in 1991 by a waitress in Carson City, Nevada. This one, I'm... St- I'm still not 100% sure of, like, if it happened at all. Cause it just, or if it's just speculation. Yeah, because it just seems kind of out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so she stated that she was waiting on a table that said a man, woman, and a girl that was likely in her teens, which Antoinette would be about that age about that time. Yeah. Um, she said the girl was deliberately dropping utensils on the floor, and at one point when the waitress picked them up, uh, the girl grabbed her hand. And after the threesome left, the waitress picked up the plate at the girl's seat and found notes on the napkin saying, please help me and call the police. Um, The group had already gone by the time the note was found, so there was no way to know if the girl was Antoinette or not. Oh, jeez. It also seems kind of off to me. You know, because if someone's making this cry for help, why would you wait until they left? Yeah, you would be a little concerned, but it was the eighties, right? Yeah, late so 80s, things are 90s. a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, the nineties. So things are a little different, you know, in in those times. Oh, that's a good point. But you know what? There is more. Join us after a brief word from one of our sponsors. And welcome back. Yeah, so um, another thing I remember, and I just watched this episode recently. So I remember um, a medicine woman had been consulted from the tribe. Um, at the time, she believed Antoinette to be alive and that she possibly had a child. There's, again, there's no way to confirm this until Antoinette is found one way or another. Yeah. Um, I, I did find that to be an interesting 
an interesting tidbit, yeah. though. Yeah, very. Yeah, and there there are a lot of theories around the case. So the first is Uncle Joe, and I haven't really been able to determine whether or not there is an Uncle Joe. It seems there might have been, and one of uh, Penny, who is Antoinette's mother, um, one of her brothers had been questioned and ruled out as a suspect. So from that, I take that even though, or I'm sorry, even if there was an Uncle Joe, that maybe the kidnappers knew that and knew that Antoinette mm. would open the door, or maybe they just took a wild guess. Like, who doesn't have an yeah. Uncle Joe? Or, you know, they they thought, you know, you know how some people call their friends uncle or auntie. Right. You know? Yeah. So there could be that. Yeah. So there was really no way for me to find anything definitive on that particular part. Um, oh, yeah. And the mother, she passed away in 1999. So... Any information she may have had is gone. Um, and, yeah. But in 2016, authorities said that they believed she may have had more information on the disappearance of her daughter. Mm. So, again, it's a theory that can't really be followed up on because there's no way mm. to question her. Yeah, there's no way to... Yeah. Yeah. So, And there again, in the link I'm going to post in the show notes, there's a lot of... Um, theories on this portion on the mother um yeah yeah it, it looks to me it could go either way you know she might have known something but there's really no way to tell yeah exactly yeah so um Antoinette would be 40 almost 41 today unfortunately just looking at the statistics and it's unlikely to think she would still be alive it's happened though yeah, it, it has happened. And, you know, but until she's found, you know, to be deceased, there's always hope that she can be found. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'd, I'd just like to bring up a couple of, you know, little questions here. You know, like, we already touched on the Uncle Joe thing, mm -hmm. which, you know, is is obvious, you know, there may, maybe might have been a Joe that they knew. Right. You know, there might have been someone in their life, you know, and I just, it still blows my mind. Of course, you know, the 80s were a lot different than now. I'm a helicopter mom myself, and I would never leave my children alone. But, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s myself, it wasn't uncommon to come home from school and, or, you know, be left for the night so your parents could go, you know, have coffee with the neighbors or something. So, you know, it just shows how times have changed and, you know, us new moms of you know this time we see this and go oh, but you know yeah well yeah <laughs> times are different and that that's another thing that people keep bringing up and it's like it was different latchkey kids were definitely yep. a thing um i couldn't verify whether or not there was actual an actual babysitter i think the mother said there was but there seems to be belief that there wasn't and oh you know, so that, it was that she was the babysitter yeah. essentially yeah so I, I couldn't confirm either way. Um, and like I said, you know, with the mother gone, there's really no way to verify that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, yeah, because you can't, you know, can't question the dead. No. No. So. Keep continuing. Oh. I'm done questioning. You're done questioning. <laughs> Cross-examination over. 
Um, Over. Yeah. So there's um, there's a thread on Reddit that I frequent from time to time, looking to see if there's any new leads or theories. Um, so the theories I presented come from Unsolved Mysteries and their website and then this particular thread. So if you'd like to see what others think on the case, again, you can find both links in the show notes. Um, Perfect. The Unsolved Mysteries site also accepts tips. So if you have any information or know anyone who does... I, please stop by and leave a tip. Um, please. Yeah, they can also be directed to the Gallup Police Department or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. I've also included those links in the show notes. And, you know, so you can go in and whatever you feel most comfortable with, you know, go for it. Yeah. Um, Anonymous or anything. Yeah. I think I think most of them are pretty much, you just fill out a little form these days. You don't have to call anybody. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Just send a text in. Yeah, I'm terrible on the phone. Um, so I'd also like to bring to your attention the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women USA. It's an organization um, that is geared towards finding you know, justice for these missing and murdered Indigenous mm-hmm. women. Um, Anthonette's a part of the Navajo tribes, and so many Native American women and children go missing and are murdered every year. I'll it, you know what? It gives me a chill. It, it gives me a chill. Even in Canada here, yeah. we'll be discussing further about that, but, you know, it just gives me a chill how all these poor women and young women yeah. are just vanishing. It, and it just seems like nothing's getting done. No. I mean, I'm sure in some cases, I can't say nobody's doing anything. I'm sure somebody's doing something, but it's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough. You know, they don't, they're not going to get the airtime that, like, you know, you or I would probably get. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and that's not right. Um, no. Yeah, so it, it's a really important organization to me. Um, Absolutely. I, I don't like their cases going cold, and I no. don't. You know, I don't want them to. So let's not let their cases go cold. And so a portion of the proceeds from this episode will be donated to the Missing missing and Murdered Indigenous Women USA.org. It's M-M-I-W-U-S-A. Perfect. Yeah, I'll include that. You'll be including that link. Yep. It's going to be in the show notes. Um, And that's all I have for this week. Well, that that was awesome. You know, that just blew my mind. I'd never heard of that you know being a canadian and all you know we have our own stuff but you know seeing that and just hearing that not seeing it hearing it was just i had chills a couple of times it It was it's scary yeah just to boof vanish and no trace no nothing it's heartbreaking yeah and i mean this day and age it's like a kid goes missing and they're you know, the internet knows within two seconds. Oh, yeah. Amber alerts. You know, someone knows something. Yeah. Everybody talks. But, you know, in 1986, in a little town in New Mexico, you know, if, yeah. if someone drops the ball, they're, you know, the case is going to go cold quick. Yeah, and it's going to go full. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's going to go cold, and it's going to go cold fast. Yeah, so... Um, so there's... That's, yeah. That's why so I if anyone out. knows anything. Or if you've seen yeah. anybody. I yeah. I mean, she's, a, like I said, if she's alive and she's an adult now and she just doesn't want to be found. Because that happens yeah, She too. could have a new identity. Yeah. 
That happens too. Um, just yeah. knowing that she's safe, getting some answers for the family. Yeah. You know, they, they've been waiting so long for this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that was great. That was a great case. I just love it. It was yeah, mind opening and I can't wait to talk about our case or our case. Apparently I'm two people today. <laughs> <laughs> My case next week and I'm I'm sure, you know, it'll probably get the same reaction to you. Yeah. Uh where are we going next week? Next week, we are going to discuss the heartbreaking story of five-year-old Tamara Kipnes, a little girl from my town I actually live in of Regina, Saskatchewan. And, you know, I'll talk about it more, but, you know, it's just been past her birthday and her disappearance was over the summer anniversary. And, you know, as when we started talking about doing this, I knew I had to get her story out and because not many people know about her. It was national, but, you know, we need we need more opening for that little girl, too. You know, and she was also of a First Nations tribe as well. So another mi missing um, child. So that's where we're heading next week. Okay, so we'll see you next Wednesday. And until then, bye. Bye. Hello, Christina here. Um, I'm just popping in to say that um, there's a correction I wanted to make in the episode. So I made a mistake in my math. Anthonette would not be 41. She would be 43, almost 44. She was born in 1976. Um... So I thought it was really important to make that correction before we got this episode out to you. And other than that, until next week, if you want to give us a follow, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All the links can be found on our anger page or, you know, the, the username is uh, AC Cold Case Talk. And that's on all social media. Um, and until next time, bye.